the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to today. My name is Julian Gibb, and I co-host this show with Bob Moffat, The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today we are, we are blessed. We are blessed because uh, a friend of mine has um, managed to get a bit of a scoop for me. His <laughs> name is Alan Crippen, and uh, Alan is in Philadelphia. And uh, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julian. It's great to be on the show. So, Alan, tell us, uh, uh, first of all, a little bit about yourself and the new project that you've, uh, that you've found yourself working on. Uh, I'd be glad to do that. Um, I happen to be an Anglican clergyman who works at American Bible Society. The Bible Society is a 205-year-old organization that was um, founded and patterned after the British Foreign Bible Society. Uh, it was... Um, designed to originally to distribute the scriptures to every American family and and very soon on had a vision shared with the British Foreign Bible Society of distributing scriptures throughout the world. So the, the context of my work is is in this 205 year old Bible society. And we've now fast forward to the 21st century. What does a Bible society do in the 21st century when the world it would seem at least in the, the western world and the <clears throat> the northern hemisphere seems to be de-christianizing rather quickly um the bible's um it's perceived differently than it than it used to be uh we used to call it uh, the good book but now the bible is perceived to be uh, often perceived to be a book about uh, outdated mores a book even about hatred a book that's uh, increasingly dry and, and irrelevant. And so um, the Bible says wrestling with this, right? How do we, how do we, how do we hold up the Bible in this, in this time? Um, how do we continue to ensure that it's uh, distributed, that it's accessible, that it's um, uh, read? How do we address the, the uh, crisis of biblical illiteracy? Mm. And, uh, that brings us to the project called the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center. It is, um, at its heart, an advocacy strategy to uh, reach unchurched, non-churched, um, religious nuns, N-O-N-E-S, uh, with a reason to engage the Scripture. Hmm. Uh, the Bible's been um, very central to the American story, and 
and very central to the American story of liberty. Most people don't know that. Mm. And and in this in the cradle of American liberty, Philadelphia, right where America began, it's uh, America's first capital. Uh, wouldn't it be appropriate, right, to to have some creative and um, meaningful way to to tell that story? So for some reason, uh, my boss Pat Murdoch thought I was the guy to help with the content <laughs> for that. And uh, for five years, I've been uh, pulling at the oars with him and a wonderful team of. Um, of amazing media design, uh, media experience uh, people, um, architects, um, con- construction workers, and and of course the the large team of ABS staff, and uh, and the partners who've helped us raise the money to do all this um, to produce what you and your family have experienced uh, very recently. So yeah. that's a little bit of the backstory. Well, that's wonderful. Yes, yes, my uh, my family and I we. Um... Uh, we're on this American history tour, and so we went to uh, Philadelphia uh, to see, um, the, you know, well, William Penn, of course. And uh, I went to, in England, I used to work near his house uh, when they were in England, when they hadn't fled. Uh, Stoke Poges is the place. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so I would always drive by his house every morning, wonder what sort of a guy he was. And uh, so it's, it's great to a see good, a good guy. I think a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you know, he left yeah. us. He left us in England, you know, but, you know, we, we can it, it, we can forgive. You know, it's uh, he left. <laughs> he left for reasons uh, being serious for a moment. He left for reasons, you know, of conscience. You know, he wasn't obviously a, mm-hmm. able allowed to uh, practice his faith. You know, there was a state sanctioned. You know, you, as you say yourself, you know, being Anglican, you know, and me being from an Anglican background as well, you know, the. Anglican Church at the time was dictating what you could believe and what you could not, you know, and so, right, uh, right. you know, just just that time of 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 people passionately living out their their faith. And we'll come back to the center, but you've got me on a roll now. So, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I was uh, reading about John Bunyan and um, Pilgrim's Progress, and they uh, they they banned him from preaching because it wasn't, you know, the uh, government's. Uh, version of uh of what the bible was about and so they they threw him in in prison and uh after three months they said okay you can go um you know three months not might not seem long well no one wants to be in prison for five minutes but uh you know there mm-hmm. they had typhus you know so it was pretty much a death sentence anyway after three months they said you can go but he said if i go i preach and uh so he stayed yeah. in there i think it's for another 10 12 years or something even though the prison door was open uh, they mm. sort of left it open just to, to, but anyway, enough of the history lesson. We're here to learn from you. <laughs> and so, um, the, the, the faith and, uh, Liberty discovery center, what's your, you, you've gone into there already, but what, what's your, if you had to push it down, what's your goal? What, what's the, what, what's the point? Why, why isn't it just, um, another museum? You know, Philadelphia, uh, has uh, right. many museums. Well, what, you know, and this isn't a competition with them, but what makes you guys different? Right. Yeah, thank you for asking. Philadelphia, um, for for your listeners, I mean, please come. It's, it's an amazing uh, city with uh, a, a rich array of, of museums and cultural institutions. And we feel very blessed to be located right in the historic section of the city, right on the famed Independence Mall. So when you look out our front door to the left, you see Independence Hall, 
uh, where the Declaration of Independence was debated and signed, where the Constitution of the United States was debated and signed. So it's a pretty, pretty sacred space for at least yes. civic and in a civic way, it's a sacred space. Yeah. And uh, and then catty corner to that is the famed Liberty Bell under a beautiful pavilion uh, right across the streets, the visitor center. And then and then spanning to the right is the Constitution Center, which is this monumental building to uh, curate and conserve the story of the American Constitution. To our um, north side is the synagogue Mikveh Israel, which is the largest um, uh, Jewish synagogue in continuous service in America. And then our, our southern neighbor is the National Museum of American Jewish History. So we like to think the people of the book <laughs> are, mm-hmm. are on the on the east side of the mall. Right. It, it's a it's a it's a beautifully uh, you've been there. So it's a yeah. beautifully strategic location. What, of course, is missing in, the, in our in our increasingly secular age is um, is the is the faith narrative and the faith narrative. That's the part of the story. So we're not claiming that it's the only narrative by and large. These, these other uh, uh, institutions have amazingly wonderful stories to tell. I think the experience of the faith and Liberty discovery center, the visitor can come and understand American conceptions of Liberty and what role or relationship faith has to that understanding of American Liberty you can find these stories right if you're if you're a, a good sleuth. There are houses of worship that are, at least in terms of American standards, pretty ancient, <laughs> which is which is 18th century, maybe sixth, 17th century. That's about as far back as we go. But um, you can find that narrative, but you really have to be intentional. You really have to do your research. And so I think what the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center offers is a one-stop shop. You can go there, understand, again, the role of, of, of faith as it relates to liberty. Um, we have some other resources. You, you may have noticed we have a Faith and Liberty Bible uh, that's available uh, through Amazon or at the gift shop. Uh, we have uh, curated the Faith and Liberty Trail, which are 13 uh, trails that take families or individuals through Old City, Philadelphia, again, with a faith angle, and they're, they're themed accordingly. Uh, so, so I think our our contribution to the city, our contribution to the nation, is to uh, you know have a coherent storyline, and we don't do this in a didactic way. We do this in a Socratic way. It's it, it is a discovery center. Mm. So you you, know, you come you you can discover for yourselves this this narrative. Uh, we offer you know tools of guidance, but uh, it's it's the place to come to explore the relationship between faith and liberty. We have a thesis. Our thesis is that faith guides liberty toward justice. Hmm. Uh, Liberty is, and even Penn, Penn said this, liberty is a a beautiful thing, but it's um, so so often misunderstood. Uh, Liberty, of course, it's it's a, um, I would describe as an instrumental good, not an intrinsic good. Liberty by itself Liberty unconnected to uh, faith can lead to some really crazy things. Right. There were, for example, um, two revolutions, two significant revolutions in the 18th century. There was Mm. the American Revolution Mm. and there was the French Revolution. Right. Uh, Both revolutions touched on your homeland. Yes. Right. But if you think about the 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 American Revolution was much more in continuity with with um, 
with English conceptions of liberty. Mm-hmm. We ended up with a different constitution, but there's a con- there is a continuity there. And you know what? Why is American liberty, at least in in the 18th century, different from French liberty? Because the French the French conception of liberty actually turned out to be a horrible bloodbath. Yeah, with stories of the guillotine. Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, you know, all of that. But it, it got worse, right? It, it, Robichet, it, yeah. it ended up with these, the, yeah, bloodshed, these horrible regimes, the reign of terror, the rise of a, of a dictator, Napoleon Bonaparte, and a world war, where at the end of it, by 1815, seven million people are dead. So what's the difference? You know, there's scholars at the time, like Alexis de Tocqueville, who want, you know, wrote a book, Democracy in America, to sort of explore what's the difference between these conceptions of liberty. And we would posit, right, that the difference is faith, mm. that in the American experience, uh, faith had a, a far more um, central, uh, cohesive and guiding role that took this instrumental good of liberty and and gave it a moral compass, right? Pointed it in a direction, gave it some boundaries. Hmm. Uh, so, so in 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 that understand, liberty is not, you know, whatever you can do as long as you don't hurt anybody, right? Right. It's, but liberty liberty is the freedom to do that which is good, right? The freedom to do that which is right, the freedom to do that which is just. Mm-hmm. And and so you know we want to, and and that's actually I think a really foreign concept today in our land. Right. You know, Oz Guinness and others right. m- are making the point that now the perception of liberty is more like the French perception of liberty right. in the 18th century. And if that's the case, then, <laughs> right. then we may be in trouble. Well, you know, because, I mean, the, 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 the French Revolution just ate itself repeatedly, you know. Yes, it, it was, did. Whereas yep. the, you know, coming, coming from a Brit sounds odd, but the American Revolution, you know, of course it wasn't, wasn't faultless, you know, but there, there were things in there of, of, of trying to obtain freedom of self-government whereas you know the french revolution was it the first reign of terror ate the second and the second ate the third you know and pretty pretty much you know robichet was there with a guillotine and you know even the the, the french were saying uh the french contemporary the french at the time were saying you know, that the streets were flooding with with blood you know and then of course in the end they kill robichet you know so it's just this it's yeah. eating itself all the time taking away liberties um, uh, um, so, so that, that leads me to one question, but before I go there, uh, I'm being flagged at, so you're listening to the kingdom and its stories. My name is Julian Gibb and today we're blessed to have Alan Crippen and Alan has joined us from uh, Philadelphia and he's here to share about the faith and liberty discovery center. And so Alan, I just want to ask you what we were discussing in regards to liberty. Uh, you know, liberty, like all words, is just a word. You know, it's just uh, the vocal cords making a sound. But, but what, what is its actual, actual meaning? And so my, my question to you is, what, what does faith have to do with liberty? I mean, isn't faith, the Bible, the, the Ten Commandments, all about thou must do this and thou must not do that? I mean, isn't isn't it about sort of limiting freedom so that so that we uh, follow this this line? Uh, you know, you can be free or you can follow God. I mean, what does faith have to do with liberty? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, from I would argue from a, a Jewish or Christian framework, from a biblical uh, framework, uh, as I said earlier liberty is not the freedom to do whatever you want uh liberty is the freedom to do 
good, right? It's it's the freedom to do uh, what is just. It's the freedom to pursue uh, righteousness. It's interesting, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, would describe liberty as slavery to righteousness. So there's, there's a great irony there, uh, you know. So that's uh, because of that irony and that that almost if we think of liberty as slavery to righteousness wow uh, that's a that, that that blows a few gaskets <laughs> in right. one's mind but some somehow we need to 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 communicate because this is the conception of liberty that most of the founders had right they they talked about it in terms of uh connecting uh liberty to virtue right so in their view um a republic that was about liberty had to embrace virtue. Uh, the, you, you couldn't have a police force big enough or an army big enough to police a republic unless the people were 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 virtuous. Right. And so, what the scriptures um, offered America in in its founding and and through much of its history was a source of virtue. Mm. This is really the the civic the civic argument. Uh, why, why, for instance, did um, why, for instance, was American Bible Society, our parent organization, um, founded by American founders? Um, it was founded by American founders like John Jay, our first chief justice, uh, Elias Boudinot, who was one of the leaders of the Continental Congress, Richard Varick, who served uh, on Washington's uh, staff, um, Chief Justice Marshall. Uh, President John Adams' son, John Quincy Adams, President John Quincy Adams. Uh, many, many, many noble Americans were among the either the founders or the early leaders of American Bible Society. They were interested in its religious mission, right, which is, you know, to, 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 to ensure that people could find their way to um, eternal, uh, e- eternal uh, felicity, right, eternal um, be- benefit to, to find the gospel, uh, in in this in this troubled world, but secondarily, uh, as 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 patriots, as architects of the republic, the, and and architects of a unique republic, they were very much interested in cultivating virtue, the virtues that were necessary to sustain the republic. So, the Bible Society had a religious mission and it had a civic mission. And I think um, in this day and age, as 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 that um, as as this really discussion or or uh, maybe devolution of liberty uh, is presenting, uh, we have labored to recover that that sort of civic vision, uh, at least as a way to speaking to the nation. And our hope would be right as people at least appreciate the value of the Bible as a freedom text as a civic freedom text as a political freedom text that then as they as they encounter that those pages right they're going to see another even more powerful message among among its uh, among its uh, stories and so uh, you know the bible talks of um freedom you know and then the world in another way speaks of freedom freedom is a uh, you know i mean i mean you guys in the war of the revolution were fighting for freedom so that there, but you know, there is a point where freedom can actually trap us when we have too much of it, you know, and that that's very dangerous territory because it's like, well, who's to dictate what's free and what's not, you know, and who's to tell me what I can and what I can't do, you know? And, uh, I know when growing up as a teenager, it's like, uh, you know, I just want complete liberty. I want to go out and, uh, 
you know, live my life my way, you know, trash it, you know, yeah. and then spend the rest of my life trying to put it back together, you know, which I'm still working on. But uh, so, uh, you know, but the from your center, it's saying that the, the book, uh, the uh, Hebrew and the, uh, the Christian book, that, um, that there is a liberty, that the liberty is found in following God in following Jesus Christ in that uh, that there you'll find like a true liberty that you won't get uh, under your own kingship. Yeah, and I, w- I would say um, we we would nuance that carefully. Yeah, uh, that's to, me. To, that's me. Not to, not you guys yeah. speaking. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. Right, right. So so uh, the the storyline you've been through all of them the galleries we, we have have dedicated each gallery to a particular uh, value mm-hmm. faith liberty justice hope unity and love these are the values that unite us because what we did when we were designing the center we went back to the source text so we went back to colonial charters we went back to um of course the declaration the constitution the articles of federation penn's charter of privileges for pennsylvania uh, correspondence of, of american founders and we we found these values we found these values in those documents, which is to say that these values are fundamental to American order, right? They're fundamental to the American experience. They're fundamental to American government. And so where do they come from? Well, at least in our, in the, in our, in our story, they, they, they came from the Bible. Mm. And so uh, these, these great ideals, that, 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 uh, that beautiful articulation of, of, um, of, of equality, in the Declaration of Independence, um, uh, that all all men are created equal, they're endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these Man. are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That these these things find their um, origin in the Western story, in in the Hebrew and Christian in, in Christian scriptures, the Jewish and Christian Christian scriptures. Mm. So uh, now we know, right, that the founding was incomplete that there was injustice, that there were, sure. that, that the founders failed to re- wrestle with uh, slavery, the women's yes. rights. And, you know, you know, yeah. so the story of American liberty, it, it's, it's a long one. And, and the, and the faith and Liberty discovery center is not just about the American founding. It starts there. Mm-hmm. It actually starts with the colonial, Brit- the British colonial era. It, it starts there, talks to the founding, uh, but goes in to all of history. It's about the entire American experience. Right. And I think um, you may remember Gallery Two is is our Liberty Gallery, and we're looking at, you know, the the Scripture as a as a pillar of call. There's that you know beautiful column in there with Scripture verses all around it. Uh, they're they're calling out for justice, right? They're calling out for mercy. They're right. calling out for love of neighbor. And then uh, you know, as the visitor sees essentially 21 icons of what we call American change makers who have essentially responded to that call for justice, for mercy, for right. love. And there are people like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. There are people like Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Richard Allen, Dorothy Day, Jane Addams, uh, William Jennings Bryan, Abraham Lincoln. I mean, the Tommy Wall, who nobody knows who Tommy Wall is, but he was you know, a young Catholic student in Boston who was expelled for, for refusing to recite the King James Bible. He wanted to recite the Catholic uh, and do a uh, rhymes um, Bible. Right. Uh, so these these stories of liberty are all there, um, and it's um, it's our effort to tell this in a in a creative sort of super high tech, visually savvy way. Right. And so we have uh, just 
two minutes left, and so I want to focus in on the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center. Um, you know, as you were saying, you know, it, it, it's just part of a journey at the start, 200 years ago, 1776, and so forth. It's just the start of an incomplete, imperfect uh, walk of faith and liberty. Uh, one, as you were saying, that, that, that's taking place now through Martin Luther King, you know, when he, when, when he was here doing his wonderful things on uh, liberation in the uh, 60s and so forth. But how can those who visit your center, how can, uh, what role does your center have in encouraging and equipping people who visit it so that they may continue to, to go out and share the faith and the liberty that comes with it? How, how can they be part of the journey and how does your center equip them for that? Yeah, I think uh, we, we, I mentioned it's a technological place. Our signature technology is uh, the interactive lamp. Uh, when the visitors come and they experience these um, amazing galleries and stories, they can collect uh, through their lamp data. They interact with the exhibits. They collect that data that goes to a personalized portal that they can access when they get home. Uh, so, so they're exposed to new content. They're exposed to all kinds of stories. If they have an hour, an hour and a half, because there's also see in Philadelphia, they can come to the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center, gather all this stuff with their lamp, and then go back. And uh, when you went through, we were still in the soft opening. So, so the collections are a little sparse. But, but now with a with normal opening, uh, that content is rich. I mean, basically, you will be able to take everything in the, in the, in the galleries and more back and access it and continue the learning experience to continue to explore these stories in depth. Well, Alan, this is wonderful. I wish we'd booked you for an hour, but we haven't. I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, perhaps we can chat more time. But for those listening, thank you for, uh, for joining us, Alan, and sharing with us about the Discovery Center. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. May God bless you. Amen. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.